Hello and welcome to another episode of the How Good Sport podcast. It's Monday night, just coming off the back of a fantastic weekend of trials in the NRL. Obviously, we had the Doggies and Melbourne Storm on Thursday night. Then we had the Indigenous first Maori All-Stars on Friday night. And then we had seven other trials on the weekend, four games on Saturday, three games yesterday. And I also went out and watched an SG ball game at Redfin. It was a beautiful afternoon out there. Good to see the South community getting together. So all in all, I think I watched about 16 hours of football. It was glorious. Absolutely fantastic. I'm so stoked to have the footy back. Today, we're going to continue with our previews, and we're rolling with a preview of the Sharkies. Sharkies are a bit of a hard team to gauge for me. I don't think we get a proper face value of what the Sharks are doing, the way they're finishing there the last couple of years. You know, we've seen them finish in the top four and I think last year they came fifth or sixth, and I just think it's kind of false advertising to an extent because they get into the finals and they just can't beat these top sides. They turn it up. And throughout the year, it's a similar story. They come out and they smash most sides, and then they rock up against the top four sides, and we just can't see them get over the line. So that's one big thing that Cronulla need to look at this year. Their draws have probably helped them out in that regard. You know, they keep being looked after with the draw each year, that's for sure. Um, I don't think it helps the Sharkies in the long run because they tell up these bottom eight sides and they're not having enough games against the real competition, which bites them in the ass comes final time. And we've seen the defense really struggle against the quality ball players and they can get stripped on their edges way too easily. We saw that in the first, uh, sorry, two years ago when they versus South in that second week of the semis. And then last year against a pretty depleted Roosters side, they weren't able to get the job done. And I think a big reason for that is Nico is just expected to do so much work and such a ball-dominant player. And I think Trindle's going to add a little bit of, um, you know, he'll allow Nico Hines to just release the reins a little bit and have some trust in another ball player, which just takes a lot of pressure off him and gives other players an opportunity to shine in those big games so there's not so much pressure on Nico in those final games. Um, what I also noticed last year, just rerunning through some of the Cronulla highlights from the last year, was that teams uh, that were able to generate second-phase play and have an off offload were really successful against the Sharks. So that's one thing that I'm sure, no doubt, Bitsy will have his eye on this year. Defense in general is going to be a big thing for the Sharks. And you know we've seen on the edges, like I said, they've been torn apart. Um, the left side is one that in particular has been scrutinized. Moylan and Talakai copped a lot of flat. What I noticed on the right, also, is that Hines can be guilty of poor decision-making too, and sometimes he's left grasping at thin air, and it's not the fact that he's not a good uh, technical defense defensive player. It's more so his ability to read plays and communicating with his inside and outside man and sometimes shooting out of the line and, like I said, just grasping it air. So it's one thing he definitely needs to improve. Ramian and Katoa's decision-making is also questionable. That's something they're going to want to improve on. Katoa's defensive stacks make defensive statistics make for pretty ugly reading, and it's one area that him and Mulatalo, Mulatalo, sorry, both need to improve on big time for the Sharkies this year. When their attacks on it sings, and it's an absolute thing of beauty. When they move the ball laterally really well, Canola look fantastic, and they can strip sides really well on the edges too. You know, Kennedy really improved his ball playing last year. We've seen Hines in only second year as a halfback. His ball playing's fantastic. He can play short. He's got a fantastic cutout. His kicking game is brilliant. So we've seen what Hines can do with two years up his sleeve. His combo with Trindle was promising um, 
at times throughout last year, and it's really good to see in this Indigenous game on Friday night that combo continue to flourish, no doubt. They've done a lot of work in the off-season together, so um, I like the fact that Trin was basically a halfback himself. Like I said, can take a lot of pressure off Hines with his ball playing and his kicking. Um, but like I said, I think Hines was relied upon far too much in the past, so it's going to be good to, for Cronulla to just take a little bit of that stress off Nico Hines. In terms of their draw, the Sharkies have got another plump draw this year. I don't know what they keep doing, but they keep getting great draws. So they play last year's bottom nine sides 15 times and bottom four sides eight times. And then they only play last year's top four sides five times. So that makes for pretty handy reading for Cronulla. They got a tough first game away against the Waz. Personally, cannot see them winning that game. I think the Warriors are going to be fired up. I know there's been some concerns about how the Warriors are going to back up last year, but I just can't see them losing that first game at home with a huge crowd. Um, but after that, the Sharkies play the Tigers, the Raiders, and the Dogs, which leads into a bye. So they'll, they'll expect a, I would assume they're expecting to win against all those sides, the Tigers, Raiders, and the Dogs, and then come out with a bye. So if they win all those games, they'll be sitting pretty well come the end of round six. Their buys are pretty well spread through the year, and most of the games against the tough opposition land in the middle of the year. So they might get a little bit of fortune there with some sides potentially depleted from state of origin. Even though we saw that last year, they faced a depleted Broncos side and were very short favourite, but were not able to get away with the Chockeys. So even against these sides, the top sides, when they're depleted, they still have these good structures that the, the Sharkies still just can't manage to figure out. So it's one thing that looking forward to seeing whether the Sharkies can pick that up this year. They then finish the season against the Dragons, the Warriors and the Seagulls, and they stay in Sydney for the last four weeks, which is pretty handy. It means they can just get a good run, get some consistency leading into the finals, which I will do see them making. In terms of a predicted 17, Will Kennedy will be the fullback. I like seeing his ball playing improve a bit more last year. He's not exactly in the top echelon of fullbacks, but he is very handy. Looks like he's put on a fair few kilos in the offseason, so good to see him bulking up. Um, you know, he, he's one of these kind of skinnier guys, but uh, with a bit more bulk on, he might be able to increase his ability to break the line more and break tackles, but he's quick. Um, his ball playing's really improved, and, um, yeah, he's certainly a handy handy fullback for the Sharkies. His defense does need to improve a little bit just in terms of his reads and his general ability to actually stop tackles and save tries. So that's one area I want to see. Will Kennedy improve? On the right wing, we're going to see Sione Katoa. Spoke a little bit about him before. Obviously, he's a great finisher, but his defense leaves a lot to be desired at times. Him and Ramian don't just seem to communicate all that well. He can shoot out from the wing, or he can get left in no man's land if Ramian shoots in and, and he's left there um, marking two or three players by himself. So I want to see a big improvement from Katoa. Wouldn't mind seeing him doing a bit more of the dirty work out of their half. I think his stats for last year were around 120-odd metres or 130-odd metres per game. So I'd love to see him beef that up, even if it's just 15, 20 metres, just to take a little bit more of that pressure off the forwards when they're coming out of their own end. Uh, on his inside, Jesse Ramian, he is one guy who can take those tough carries, and we see him do that. He's a big unit. He provides good output for the Cronulla um, outside backs and, and takes some good pressure off the forwards. Um, at times, I feel like Ramian can be really guilty of making a crucial error, whether it's a drop ball or a forced pass. So I'd love to see him just back himself a little bit more this year. 
hopefully just gain some more confidence and understand that he is a very good player if he can just pin his ears back a little bit more. And like I said, I want to see that connection between him and Katoa just improve a little bit. And um, But in terms of his output in the metres and his tackle breaks and his ability to make line breaks, um, you know, he's he's a fantastic player for Cronulla there on the right edge. I personally want to see Kale Ido on, in the left centre position. I know that Talakai's done a fantastic job there and I know he's one of these guys that can get you 180 to 200 metres a game and he also has pretty good hands, but I think it's time to give Kale Ido an opportunity. I just love the way this guy gets across the field. He absolutely glides. He's got beautiful balance. Um, he is a sight to see this guy on a football field. And you know, We've heard all the accolades he's received in New South Wales Cup in the last couple of years. I think he was the New South Wales Cup Player of the Year two years ago. He always rates in the top um, meter readers and, and also among the top post-contact meters gained as well. So I think it's time to give him a chance, add some speed to the back line. Obviously with Talakai, you've got that sort of grunt and um, tackle-breaking ability and ability to gain meters. But I think to have that little bit of extra sparkle in the back line would be perfect for Cronulla. And I could see him and Trindle having a really good combination throughout the year on that left edge. So I want, really want to see Kale Ido there. On the left wing, Ronaldo Mulatalo, um, fantastic player on attack, can finish a try. Really good in the air, but like I said, there's one area of his game that I would love to see him improve, and that's his defense. I think his tackle efficiency is around the 70% mark, which just isn't good enough. You know, when you're a winger, um, obviously you have to make some really tough decisions, and that tackle efficiency statistic might not be helpful in that regard, but I just want to see him making more of those tough tackles, improving his reads, and obviously with Kale Ido in left center, potentially that means he has to form a new connection. But I'm sure that's been a big part of what the Cronulla Sharks have been doing in off-season. So I uh, wouldn't mind seeing Mulatalo's output in terms of his metres out of their defensive half increase a little bit too. Just like Katoa, I feel like if he can provide another 15 to 20 metres, that'd be really helpful and take a little bit more pressure off the forward pack. In the halves, we're going to see Braden Trindle and Nico Hines. We've got a little treat and a bit of an insight into what they're going to look like this year in the All-Star game earlier a few days ago. We also saw these guys get together on a few occasions last year. There was definitely some good signs between Trindle and Nico Hines, and, and there were some really good signs the other night between Trindle and Nico Hines. Trindle obviously picked up the Man of the Match award. I thought he played really good. His ball playing was good. Um, he can be a ball-dominant type half too. So like I said, it, it takes pressure off Hines and it almost kind of relegates Hines to 5-8 inadvertently. So I like Trindle's kicking game. I think he's got a great long kicking game. I think he's got a great short kicking game. He's got a beautiful sleight of hand, can ball play really well. So I think these guys could develop a really good partnership. I think they can both sort of uh, roam on both sides of the field, sweep around to the left, sweep around to the right. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what these guys can do this year as a halves combination. I think Trindle stepping up in some of the big games and helping out Nico Hines is going to be crucial to the Sharks going to that next level. Like I said, I feel like Nico Hines just needs to work a little bit on his reads and his awareness in defense. And, you know, he's only been playing halfback for two years and he's been making new connections each year. But just want to see him improve in that a little bit. Braden Trindle's a fantastic defender, very physical Spent a lot of time in New South Wales Cup, so he's all about that physicality. In terms of the front row, I think we'll see Braden Hamlin Uele and Toby Rudolph as our props. I like Hamlin Uele and I like Rudolph. I feel like Rudolph's probably a little bit more consistent, 
whereas Braden Hamlin-Uelli's a lot more explosive. So we see him score those barge over tries from 10, 15 metres out, and he lights up the game, and his try celebrations are fucking awesome. But I'd just love to see a little bit more consistency from Braden Hamlin-Uelli. And there's a part of me that understands why the Warriors want to throw 700k at him. Having also seen some of these juniors that the Warriors have got coming through, I question that as well, given that I just don't feel like Hamlin Ueli is consistent enough each week. And I think it's fair to expect that explosiveness each week, but I'd love to see consistency in terms of metres each game, the amount of defence he's able to do and his output in general for the Sharkies. Whereas I feel like Toby Rudolph is pretty consistent in terms of what he does for the Sharkies week in, week out. He's not exactly explosive, but he gets through a lot of the tough stuff. And I think he he does a decent job for the Sharkies at the front. Blake Braley will jump in at hooker. I'd love to see him just maybe um, get a little bit more time on the pine this year. And uh, I think it's an opportunity for Cam McInnes to get more involved. I know McInnes comes in and plays lock, but I think, as I've said in a few of these previews already, it's not a knock for a hooker to be spending a bit of time on the bench. I think it's really important for the team and the way the game's going, being so quick, so much fatigue involved. I think it's an opportunity to get... Cam McInnes in the middle, um, you know, maybe Blake, Blake Braley can play that 80-minute role, and he certainly has for the last couple of years. But I think to get more out of Blake Braley in attack, um, give him an opportunity to have that 10, 15-minute break on the bench. We've seen how good he can be with his running game. He can ball play well. He's tough as nails, good defender. But I think for the Sharkies, again, they just need to look at, can we give this guy a little bit of break to get the most out of him and then also to give – Cam McInnes, an opportunity through the middle. Um, you know, obviously McInnes is coming on and um, jumping in at lock with Dale Finnecane at lock, probably not being able to play that 80-minute role anymore. But uh, it's one area that I think the Sharkies do need to look at in terms of having something of a hooker rotation this year. Uh, on the right edge, we're going to see one of the best gap runners, if not the best gap runner, Britton Nikra on the right edge. I just love what, what he does. He runs a fantastic line. He's got that beautiful ability to change direction uh, whilst the ball's in the air and, and run into gaps. So um, it's a very rare ability. It's not really something you can coach, and he's just fantastic at it. So he's one of Cronulla's best attacking weapons. We've seen the beautiful combination that he's been able to form with Nico Hines. So looking forward to another season for Britton Nicola. Uh, Teague Wilton on the left edge, just going over some of the Sharkies' highlights from last year. We obviously saw what Teague Wilton can do in attack, another one of these fantastic ball runners who runs a great line. He's got good tackle-breaking ability and he can make line breaks, but he can be a bit suspect in defense. So I want to see that improve for Teague Wilton this year. Obviously, last year he was on that left edge a lot with Matt Moylan. Moylan copped a lot of flack, but it doesn't just come down to Moylan. It comes down to communication between these players. And I don't think Teague Wilton is necessarily a bad technical defensive player. Again, I think it's just one of these things where he's not reading defences very well and making poor decisions. So that's something he definitely needs to improve on next year because there is some decent depth with the Sharkies, people um, that would be more than happy to jump in and steal his spot if that's not something he improves on. Atlock, obviously, Dale Finnecane. We've seen what he's done. Absolute war horse of the NRL. I do question how long can he maintain that. This guy's put his body through the absolute fucking ringer, a bit like a Tohu Harris type guy, just goes out every week, leaves everything out on the field and just has absolutely no regard for his body. And I think that starts to catch up with you when you get to Dale's age. So I hope we get to see him on the field a little bit more. He can be injury prone 
And for Cronulla to do well, they just need that experience and that old Ed head in the forward pack to be there regularly for them throughout the year. So Dale at 13. Cam McInnes coming off the bench. He's just a fantastic 14. He's a, he's about the perfect 14. He can obviously jump in the forward pack, forward pack, play that lock role, jump into the hooking role. You could probably chuck him in the outside backs at a pinch. He's fucking tough as nails. Another one of these guys who just has absolutely no regard for his body, just puts himself in some awful situations. But you need these type of players in rugby league. And Cam McInnes is the perfect 14 for the Sharkies. Royce Hunt, number 15, he comes off the bench. We saw some fantastic um, runs and opportunities for Royce Hunt the other night in the Maori game against the Indigenous All-Stars. So it was good to see him come on and have some impact. I think he's a little bit like Braden hamlin in regards to his ability to come on and make explosive plays, but he's just not that consistent player that the Sharks need. And I know coming off the interchange, that's, maybe that's not the type of player you're asking for, but some of these consistent guys like your Spencer Lenews, for example, and maybe that's not a fair comparison, but he comes on for the Panthers. He's explosive and he's a very solid defender too. So for Royce Hunt this year to elevate his game that little bit more, I'd just love to see a little bit more of that consistency, taking a few more tough carries. Not every carry has to be a 15, 20-metre break. And also just making a few more tackles and getting his, his jersey a little bit dirtier this year for the Sharkies. Tom Hazelton, number 16. I loved what he did last year, seeing his big bold head streaking across the field. He had some explosive plays last year, but I also saw a bit of that mongrel in him, that ability to make some tough tackles and just those desperation plays. So for Tom Hazleton, I look forward to seeing what he can do this year. And then rounding out the bench, I'd like to see Sifa Talakai coming off the bench for the Sharkies. Obviously, he's done nothing wrong necessarily for the Sharkies at left centre. Like I said, he's averaging 180 metres. I think he's got one of the most, uh, one of the highest try assist stats in the NRL for players. To, so to consider that an outside centre has that is pretty crazy. But I think for the Sharks, to have that extra speed in the back line is really important. And I think Talakai can add a lot of um, explosiveness off the bench for the Sharks. He can jump in in the middle. Um, that might also help free up uh, Cam McInnes to play a bit of hooker if Blake Braley's to come off and be on the bench. So I like Talakai's that option. He can jump in the middle. You can have him on the edge as well. He just provides a little bit of versatility and that explosiveness for the Sharkies. So that rounds out my 17 for the Cronulla Sharks. Um, I think they'll finish around the five to eight mark. Like I said, I'm a little bit sus on the Sharks. I feel they've got a lot to prove against the top eight sides. And I think the forward pack lacks a real alpha at times. Just talking about these guys like your Hamlin Ueli and your Royce Hunt, they can come out and have the big explosive moments, but I want to see a little bit more consistency in doing that for a longer period over the game and throughout the season. Um, we spoke about Kale Ito, who was our guy to watch for the sorry, the our um yeah, our guy to watch for the Cronulla Sharks at the center. Look forward to seeing him get a few more games this year for the Sharkies. But like I said, I think they'll finish five to eight. I think the draw really helps them. Um, I don't see them pushing too much further into the finals. I still don't think they are quite ready for um, a big finals push this year. But obviously, Adam Fanua Blake will add one of those missing pieces of the puzzle to their forward pack next year. So keen to see what the Sharkies can do, five to eight. Thank you for tuning in. We will have more previews as the week goes on. Please like, subscribe, and review the podcast. 
And for anyone who's seen my post, we're doing a jersey giveaway this week. Comment, tag a mate, screenshot subscriptions on the Apple and the Spotify app for me, and you'll get a bonus um, uh, a bonus opportunity to win yourself a jersey. Please tune in throughout the week, and thank you for tuning in today. Thank you.